thought about the profile of a godly father. And my mind went back to the story that Jesus told, and it was a parable. And Jesus tells this story about a dad who had two boys. He had a younger son and an older son. And the younger son broke his daddy's heart because he went wayward. And we all know what it's like to have a child go wayward. We've all been there. And and the younger son decided that he wanted to go live on the wild side. He he was tired of his dad's rules and tired of the boundaries. And he was tired of of the the life that his dad had, had security that he had provided. And he decided that he would just go and live with the prostitutes and party and go to the bars and and drink. Just, Just get into the drug scene and just live up to every pleasure of sin that he could get into. And it broke the dad's heart. And this, Jesus tells this story about the prodigal son. It's, it's in Luke chapter 15, verses 11 down through verse 33, if you ever want to get into that story. And I'm just going to just, because of time, I'm just going to highlight the, the main points this morning. But, you know, as I was thinking about the prodigal son, I thought there's, there's another story in the story of the prodigal son that we need to look at. And that is the profile of a godly father. Because as Jesus is telling the prodigal, most people focus on the wild kid, the kid that breaks their heart. But but there's another powerful story that just stands so tall in the prodigal story, and that is the life of the father. And Jesus is telling this story, but in the background of this story, it really draws a picture of God and the characteristics of God. And he's pulling us in because he wants us to see an inside look of the heart and the mind of God. So today I thought about fathers. I thought about the word father. And I thought about an acronym or the, the, taking the word father, taking each letter of the word father. And, and just basically give a significant meaning to each letter. So this morning I want to talk about the six attributes of a good and godly father. And first of all, number one, the first letter of the of the name Father, is faithful. Good fathers are faithful. In fact, in Luke chapter 15, verse 20, so he returned to his home, that's the prodigal, to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Which this tells me the story. The the, the son broke his father's heart, and the father had every right in the world to kind of just cut him off, become bitter, and become angry. But this tells me of the long-suffering of this father. The Bible says here that the father saw him coming afar off, which tells me that every day that father was looking for his wayward son. Boy, I, I love that because that tells me that no matter how far I roam away from God, I have a heavenly father that's going to love me unconditionally. And no matter how far I wander, and we are prone to wander as humans, we have have this tendency or propensity in all of us to kind of get away from God, to stop praying, to stop seeking the Lord, to get so preoccupied that we drift. You know what I mean? But God the Father, this Father had a way of, of looking every day. He had this longing and this earnest desire to be in his young son's life. No matter how scarred and marred and how messed up his life was, this father never wrote him off. This father never became angry. This father never became vindictive. But rather, he longed to see his wayward son return. Boy, that that gave me a great message. That gave a great challenge to me as a father. 
I want to love my kids unconditionally. No matter what happens to them, where they are in life. I don't want to become a bitter, cynical. I want to be a father that loves my kids no matter where they are in life. And that is a beautiful profile. He was a faithful father. When others forsake you, there's the father who's standing in his place, always reaching out, always being there where he needs to be, to be that anchor in that child's life. So the profile of a great father, he's faithful. He's faithful. And then I look at the next letter, and that is the letter A. And that A is action. Good fathers are men of action. Notice in verse 15, verse 20, here the son is coming back from a wildlife. He spent all of his inheritance. He took all the money his father gave him, squandered it away, blew it, didn't invest in a thing, didn't take any of his father's advice. And this, again, this father could have said, forget him. He could have just wrote him off, but the father didn't. The Bible says the father was looking every day, watching down that road to see whether or not his son would return. And then one day he sees his son come, and he's tattered and torn and broken. And, and the Bible says that this gives another profile picture. He was active. The Bible says he was filled with love and compassion, and he watched three things. He ran to his son. Secondly, he hugged or embraced his son. And thirdly, he kissed his son. Now, sometimes I get aggravated with my kids, and I'm like, I'm through with you, you know. Now, don't look at me like, well, I'd never do that. Oh, boy. You just want to be like, you want to go that way? Then you go, but don't bug me. Thank you. But this father... A profile of this great father. And God's giving us a picture of himself in the story of the prodigal. And we focus on the bad kid. We focus on the waywardness of this kid. But here we find this father. He is filled with love and compassion and he does three things. He's moved out of that place. As soon as he sees his son coming, he runs to him, he embraces him, and he kisses him. The action of the father, which tells me I need to be active in showing love to my kids. God wants me to be active. He wants me to be proactive. God wants me to to take the initiative. Lord knows we have a lot of passive, laid-back fathers that just watch everything. We need men to jump in and become active and initiating love in the relationships. Not only active in the relationship of initiating love in their marriage, but also taking the lead and going after those that need love, care, and concern. So the A refers to a man that becomes active in his relationships. They don't run from their problems. I know some men will tell me, the only way I raised my family was a bottle of Jack Daniels underneath the kitchen sink. A lot of people numb themselves. But this man is a picture of God who is actively involved in connecting with the spirit of love. And then number three, and that is the letter T in the the name of Father, and that is a teacher. Good fathers are teachers. 
And, and we find that reflected in Luke 15, 21. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Now, obviously, there's a lot implied here. This father taught his son about spiritual things. He taught him about heaven, he taught him about God, and he taught him about reverencing the position of a father. And he talked to him, I'm sure, about boundaries. This son truly understood the boundaries of a relationship spiritually and the laws of God. And this son knew it. So there was some good teaching going on in this man's life. This man taught him about the things of the Lord. We need fathers today that delve into the Word of God. One thing I want to be as a father is I don't want to just be a father on, my, on a whim trying to bring up kids and now grandkids, but I want to be principled in the Word of God. I want to stand on the absolutes of the Word, and we live in a day where the absolutes are thrown out, and it's situation ethics. Whatever feels good, do it, and just go along with the crowd. But we need dads who stand up in their homes and say, this is right, this is the right thing, this is the right way to go, this is the direction you, you need to go. We need to be initiating direction and teaching by example. The principles. This father, T, stands for a teacher. And then for, I look at the letter H. We need fathers that are filled with hope. A good father offers hope to their families. We all go through hard times. There's something about dads who don't cave under the pressure. There's something about some dads who don't AWOL when trouble comes. There's something about a dad that is anchored deep in his life, and when troubles come, he stands firm, and he just projects a spirit of confidence. Yes, we're in stormy waters. Yes, we're in a difficult time, but I'm not going to run. I'm going to stay firm, and I'm going to be the father that God called me to be. Troubles come. Some storms are so severe, we wonder if we're going to survive. But thank God for men who know how to get a hold of God and anchor themselves to the Lord and persevere. Notice what happened. This son kind of tore up the whole family. This young son took half the inheritance and lived a wild life. And I'm sure the father heard stories from other people. Hey, did you hear about your son? I mean, he's drunk in every bar. He is pushing drugs and living with the prostitutes. And the father was so concerned, I'm sure, for his son and his welfare. But the father was very optimistic. And finally, one day when the son came back, the, the father wasn't filled with fatalism. He wasn't filled with, I told you so, and he wasn't vindictive. And he, he didn't say, I'm going to exact punishments on you, and you're going to pay greatly for what you've done. This father was filled with hope because he knew as long as there was breath in the nostrils of his son, there was hope that good things can happen from this. The son didn't even come back. He said, Dad, I'm not even worthy to be called a son. I'm not even worthy to be on the, in the inside circle of the family. Just, just let me be a hired servant. Just let me work on the outside. Just let me be one of your lay people on your working staff. And the dad, when he saw the son, he said, as long as... You're my child. There's always hope. 
And this is what he said in verse 23 and 24. We must celebrate with a feast. For this son of mine was dead and has returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. There's a spirit of optimism in the face of great heartache. But thank God for fathers. Yeah, I'm going through dark times. Yeah, I got a child's wayward. Yeah, I'm going through some tough stuff in my marriage. I, you know, I'm getting beat up at work, and it just seems like all around me I got something going on, and it just seems like financially I'm trying to keep my head above waters. And I'm, but, but you know what? But I'm optimistic because I have a God in heaven, and we're going to make it. Women need to look at their husbands in the difficult storm, and they need to see inside of them a faith, a strength, and not cave. But just realize it's going to be okay because we have a heavenly father that loves us and promises his unconditional love to us. We're going to make it. I love it when people say, we're going to make it in the darkest storm. Look to your neighbor and say, we're going to make it. Oh, come on, come on, come on. Look to your neighbor and say, we're going to make it. Thank you. Turn to someone behind you that's failing of heart. Turn around and say, cheer up, you're going to make it. Don't you? I just, I feel better already, don't you? We're going to make it. Some mornings I wake up, I'm like, this is the day of doom. This is the day I get washed out at sea. This is the day the earth's going to open up, and down I go. You ever felt like that? But isn't it amazing? God's everlasting arm sustains us, and we always make it. Why? Because we have a God that loves us, and you are going to make it. And some of you fathers need to have that optimism. Let's celebrate God's faithfulness. Let's celebrate God's strength. Yes, my son was gone. He was dead in the world. But he's back, and our family's going to be rebuilt. We're going to make it. Don't give up. Don't give up. Keep a spirit of optimism. And then E, in the name of Father, is example. Good fathers are a positive examples. He's an example of forgiveness. Luke 15, 22 but his father said to the servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. This is my son, he says. This is a beautiful picture of total restoration. Listen, I don't care how far you've drifted from God this morning. I don't care how deeply stained with sin you are. You have a God that has got his eye on you. He loves you just like this father loved the prodigal. He loves you, and he's waiting patiently. And as soon as you come back, God will restore you back in that place of fellowship where you need to be. You don't have to be on the outside looking in. You, you could just stand up and receive God's forgiveness, receive God's acceptance, and totally embrace God's blessing in your life. Sometimes people have an idea that God's just a very angry God with a baseball bat with a nail in it. He's, he can't wait to impale you. That's not God's nature. And in this story of the prodigal, we see a father who sets the example of immediate forgiveness. I've had a father tell me when my son really messed up, he's going to pay over the next five years. That's not God. I'm going to keep him out there. So he proves to me, you know what, that's not God. As soon as we seek God's forgiveness, he covers us with his blood and he says, come on back. He loves us. What an example that God gives us in the story of the prodigal. Quick, 
he says, quick, kill the fattest calf. Get the best one in the stall. Cook that thing to perfection. Spread the table. Bring up the music. My son was once dead, but he's back home and our family is restored. He forgave. What an example of forgiveness. And then R, and that is the letter reliable. Now, the oldest son had a problem with that. You know the story, the prodigal. The young son goes wild. The older son stays with dad. He's the steady, faithful one. And the younger son comes back, and dad's all happy about his restoration. He's all happy about the forgiveness God, the father reinstates him back into the family. And the eldest son says, hey, where's my party? That's not fair. I've been faithfully serving God for a long time, and I've been a good father to you, and I've, I've worked like a slave for you, and where's my party? And you, this boy of yours, your youngest son, went out and lived like, and you, Lord, you just dump all this lavish forgiveness on him. And you know, the father could have looked at the son and really gave him a tongue lashing. But he responds as a reliable father. He says this, 31 and 32, his father said to this older son, he said, look, dear son, you have always stayed by me and everything I have is yours. You're going to be rewarded. The first son, the youngest son, he got the inheritance, he's got, but he, that's all he, he's going to get. The oldest son is going to cash in, and he's going to receive the farm, and he's going to receive all of the, the money that was set aside for him. He, he's, the father said, everything that I have is yours. Here we find a reliable father who is generous and that gives all to his kids. He says, all that I have is yours. He's reliable. You can count on this father to do right. You can count on this father to be fair. He's reliable. There are some fathers that are not reliable. They'll bring children in the world and they'll abandon them. And those kids grow up scarred through life. And many times they'll, they'll look through the window pane of their earthly father to see their heavenly father and they think their heavenly father is going to abandon them too. And it's important for you to, to be the kind of a godly father because when you live right and do right, then you're really projecting into your children what our heavenly father is really like. And that's an awesome responsibility. An earthly, an earthly father. R ends with reliability. Good fathers are unselfish, sacrificial, reliable, responsible, and consistent. I look out some of the faces of the men in this church. We've got, some great father, we've got some great fathers in this church. I know you. Some of you men, you work hard. You got a lot on you. You got a lot of pressure, problems, and things that press on you. But you're faithful to God. You're faithful to church. You're faithful to your families. I know you're not perfect. I know you make mistakes, but there's something good inside you that you decide that you, you know what you need to do and you, you stay with the stuff in the good times and bad times. 
You're just the anchor. The anchor. You're reliable. And may I say this? We have a God that, that is extremely reliable. In my prayer life, I say, Lord, I am unfaithful, but you are faithful. Lord, I stray, but you always stand fast. God, I have a tendency to wander, but Lord, you're always in your place. And whenever I come running back to him, he is always the same, lovingly, constantly forgiving and cleansing and giving me a third chance and a fourth chance and a fifth chance. That's the kind of father he is. And may I say today, on this Father's Day, we can all celebrate the greatest father of all, the father who has raised the bar to the highest, and that is our heavenly father in heaven. Give the Lord a big hand of praise. Give him glory. I love the Lord. I'm going to do a prayer for all the fathers. A prayer for myself. I want to pray for all the fathers. Let's all stand to your feet. I want all the fathers, I'd love for you just come right down to the front because I'm going to do a prayer blessing on you. I'm going to pray God's blessing of health on you. I'm going to pray a, a blessing of prosperity on you. I'm going to put a prayer of leadership for you. I'm just going to pray for you. And I'm going to ask God to extend his hand on everyone here this morning. Men, this is for you. All the fathers here today, my prayer is for you, that God would cause you to live your life in such a way that your children can say at the end of their life, I have a father who I could see God in. This morning, this prayer is for you.